1: Uh, This is my first time to Miami. And you know, anytime you go to a new city, you're always like, where should I eat? What should I see? Um, Where do I get the best coffee? The best coffee is right outside. And, And honestly, I feel like I've seen the best thing there is to see in Miami by coming to Calvary Church. There's something so special about this church. You guys are amazing people, amazing, full of heart, full of passion for God, love for people. You have the best pastors in the world. Alex and Diana, I, I, I met them, uh, my wife and I took over our church in 2020. And the day that we were taking over the church was the day that COVID hit and shut everything down. So literally they were making an announcement that I was gonna be the new lead pastor of the church and everything shut everything down. And so our first pastoring journey was in the middle of COVID and then uh, racial unrest and tension in our country. And just people, I I feel like people just lost their minds over the last two years and we're pastoring and we thought pastoring was gonna be like fun and easy. And we were like, oh my gosh, this is a lot harder. And uh, Nathan Finocchio is a mutual friend of me and Alex, and he invited us to a golf trip in Palm Springs in 2021, February or March of 2021. And I was there, and Nathan was like, listen to this guy's story. And he was telling, telling everyone about what was going on in my life. And then Alex was like, oh, let's talk. And Alex started telling me a little bit about his journey and his story, and he so encouraged me. He so encouraged me. It's so encouraging when you feel like you're going through hell to to talk to someone who's been been through, but made it out. And Alex and Diana, they just, so encouraging. And I just love their heart, love their heart. They are special people. They're gifted, anointed people. They're full of the power and presence of God. You guys are spoiled rotten at Calvary Church. And, and your church is growing, cause like half your church is pregnant. And the other half is men. Um, like all of you guys are getting pregnant right now, so I don't know what's going up with the water fountain, but. Don't, dr- don't drink from the water, it's the coffee. It's the coffee, that's what it is, that's right. Um, I have my wife here, Kenzie who's right here. And I have, I have two pastors on our staff, discipleship pastors, Blake and Allie Correll. They're right here as well. They are amazing, amazing people. And um, hey, we would love to have you come up to Richmond. If you're literally, if you're ever coming through Richmond, come stop at Life Co. If you've got any single people here, come find a spouse at our church. We'll cross pollinate. And, um, and uh, seal the family deal here, right? So, um, also my wife and I, we have two daughters, Story and Scout, and Story is six years old and Scout is three years old and they are, we left them in Orlando. (laughs) They're with my sister uh, who lives in Orlando. We left them there and they're doing the Disney thing and having fun and we're doing the being alone thing. So nine months from now, we're gonna have another kid. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, just kidding. Um, <laughs> we're gonna name her Miami. So um, story, story is six and she is passionately in love with Jesus. She loves Jesus. She said that her favorite place in the world is church. And she tells everyone at her school about Jesus all the time. She has a friend in school who, who told her, I want you to stop talking to me about Jesus. And uh, one day we were, we were in line to drop her off and she said, Dad, we gotta pray for Ruby. And I said, okay, let's pray for Ruby. That's the name of her friend. And we prayed for her. And after school, she said, Dad, Ruby said yes to Jesus. So, she's invited like, she, she was on cheer team and she invited like 30 people to, to our church. Literally, there's like four, five, six families that have joined our church because she invited them to church incredible. And uh, and Scout is three years old, and she is not a Christian. <laughs> I don't know what she is, but we're working on it. We are working on it. She um, she was in kids' class the other day, and they were singing a Jesus song, and she said, I don't like Jesus. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm the pastor of the church preaching, and my daughter is in kids' class saying, I don't like Jesus. And it's so bad, and, and, uh, and we we're making progress the other day. She said, dad, I do like Jesus. And I said, that's good, that's good. And then Kenzie told her I was gonna be speaking at a church, and she said, what does dad do? And she said, he's a pastor. And, and Scout said, I don't like pastors. So we're making progress. She likes Jesus now, but she doesn't like pastors. So pray for her soul, pray for her soul. Story's trying to evangelize to her every day, but it's not working. So pray for her soul. She's, she's a fun kid, she's spunky, she's feisty. She's she's crazy and she's she's awesome. We love our kids and so, um, so I, I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. I'm so excited, uh, and I wanna I wanna share a message with you today that I'm calling, um, how to become, an American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> how to become an American Ninja Warrior. Have you ever seen that show, American Ninja Warriors? Okay, I think it's I, I think it's time for us to give a hand to our. Keys lady here, back here, you're doing amazing. Um, Thanks for making the mood feel awesome in here. Does you feel like it's so spiritual when she's playing? Let's, Let's pray and then we'll jump into this message. God, I thank you so much for your word that you're gonna speak to us, that you're gonna challenge us, that you're gonna grow us, that you're gonna mature us. God, we thank you that you care about us enough to not leave us in our condition but to help grow us and mature us and make us more and more into Jesus every single day. God, we thank you for this beautiful city of Miami, this beautiful church. God, I thank you that the gates of hell don't stand a chance against Calvary Church. And God, I thank you that this place is full of God, full of the power of God, full of the presence of God. Speak to us today and reveal your truth to us today. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone said, amen, amen, amen. amen. All right, have you ever seen American Ninja Warriors? America Ninja Warriors. Okay, this is, uh, I love this show. This show is amazing, okay? And there's two ways to watch this show. Way number one is that you're cheering for the people to succeed. And way number two is the way I watch the show, which is I hope they fail. It is so satisfying when someone who is ripped and, like, looks amazing gets up, and then they fail. Because, like, because you're sitting on the couch eating popcorn you know, drinking Coke, watching them, and, and you're like, oh, that's not the way to do it. And it's like, okay, well, let's see you try, dude. But it's so satisfying. It's so satisfying when you're just sitting there watching, and this person gets up, this beautiful, ripped person, jacked, and then they fall into the water. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, I think we have a clip of American Ninja Warriors if you've never seen it. It's so good. It's so good. Let's let's watch another let's watch another wipeout here. It's so good. Come on. That's good, that's good. Didn't that just lighten your day a little bit? Watching other people fail. Okay. Um, <laughs> You know, life a lot of times is a lot like American Ninja Warriors. Yes. What do I mean by that? I mean that there's always, there always seems to be an obstacle. And as soon as you succeed at that one, there's another one. And if you fail, it's just game over. But if you succeed, here's another obstacle. And here's another obstacle. Here's another obstacle. I mean, over the last couple of years, this is so true, right? COVID shuts everything down. Okay, woo, we're finally beating COVID. And then remember the, like the killer bees, remember when that happened? Or like there's, you know, some other crazy thing that's happening, or there's always some obstacle. In, in, your, in your personal life, you probably feel like just when you finally figured out how to pay that bill, another one shows up in the mail, right? Or just when you finally got ahead in your finances, or just when you finally, you know, your marriage started to feel good, but now your kids are, are a mess, or whatever it is. It's always like obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. In fact, this is a promise from God, you know, we always talk about promises from God and we talk about like in your, you know, in your morning devotionals, promises from God. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And you're like, oh, this is so good. And you, and you hear the promises of God. Here's a promise of God that you probably won't find in your Devo book this morning. Okay, it's from the book of John and it says this. It says, in this world, you will have many trials. But take heart for I have overcome the world. In this world, you will have many trials. Will's a really strong word in that sentence. I would prefer God to say, in this life, you might have many trials. In this life, you may have many trials. In this life, it's possible that you might experience a trial. No, it's a promise from God. Thank you, Jesus, for all of your promises, for they are yes and amen, including you will have many troubles in this world, right? There's another verse in the book of James that says, count it all joy when you fall into trials of various kinds, of various kinds. That's the thing about trials is they come in all different shapes and sizes. There's the big, ugly ones. There's the tiny, cute ones. There's the, you know, there's all different kinds of shapes and sizes, but they, they, they're, 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 they take on different forms. They take on different looks, but you're going to have trials of various kinds. Your life is like an obstacle course full of trials and challenges. I remember when my second daughter, Scout, was born My in-laws, I have amazing in-laws. They're awesome. You know, a lot of people have like not great (laughs) in-laws. My in-laws are amazing. So sucks to be you. It's awesome to be me. (laughs) My in-laws are amazing and they're they're so awesome. So right before Scout was born, my wife was right about to pop. I mean, she was like a week away from, from having the baby. And they said, hey, we want to take Story out before she has her sister we want to take her out somewhere fun. We're gonna take her to Chuck E. Cheese. And uh, anyone been to Chuck E. Cheese before? Okay, so I've been to Chuck E. Cheese several times, and I, when I was a kid, I never left Chuck E. Cheese without also catching the stomach bug at Chuck E. Cheese. She's so like, every time I went to Chuck E. Cheese, I came home and I was sick for twenty-four hours. And I was like, guys, listen, why don't you take her somewhere else? Like, take her to Target, or take her, you know, take her somewhere else. They're like, no, we're gonna take her to Chuck E. Cheese. I said, babe, if they take her to Chuck E. Cheese when she comes home, we're all going to be sick. And she said, that's not true. She came home and 24 hours later, she's hugging a trash can and she's throwing up. And I'm like, oh man, if my wife gets this. And then all of a sudden, Kenzie's like, I'm not feeling so hot. So at nine months pregnant, she is running to and from the toilet. And I'm just like, oh, this is horrible, right? Then I get it. So all of us are just taking turns. Just, you know, like, it was awful. It was it was brutal. We finally get over it. We have Scout a week later. It's beautiful. It's awesome. Everything goes really smoothly. We get her home. Story's kissing her on the forehead and just welcome, welcoming her new baby sister. She's kissing her on the forehead. And as she's kissing her on the forehead, I notice that Story's head doesn't feel right. It's super hot. So I take her to the doctor, and she has the flu. Now, I don't know if you, like, you know, like, do you remember the pre-COVID days where the flu was the big, bad, scary thing? <laughs> you know, now the flu is like, it's like nothing, right? But, but the flu was really scary. And so we called the doctor and we said, hey, Story just got the flu. And she said, whatever you do, do not let the baby be anywhere near her. Because if she gets the flu, it could be really, really bad. So we're like, what do we do? What do we do? I said, babe, I'm gonna stay home with Story. Why don't you go to my parents' house? and stay with them. They have an extra bedroom and just get Scout out of the house. And she's like, that's a good idea. She leaves. 24 hours later, Kenzie gets a fever. So now she's got the flu and she's been taking care of Scout. We call the doctor. The doctor's like, whatever you do, don't let your daughter anywhere near someone who has the flu. And we're like, gosh, what do we do? I've been with my my other daughter. I'm like, I can't take care of her. I literally can't take care of her. I am not good with newborns. (laughs) And so I'm like, what am I going to do? And so we're like, you know what? We're going to take her to my cousin's house. So Blake and Allie, who were sitting right here, had my newborn for like the first week of her life at their house. Because the doctor was like, don't let her anywhere near. And I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? So my wife is like pumping breast milk and I'm taking it to, to their house, delivering it in little bags, right? Delivering... And, uh, and you know she's, she's pumping and I'm writing down the time of day that this milk is and the flavor that the milk is, <laughs> right? Like th- this was Chick-fil-A two hours ago. <laughs> and this is, you know, this is whatever, you know, this is. So I- I'm taking that, that milk and I'm leaving it at the front porch. And I'm like, and our baby, we're FaceTiming our newborn baby. We finally get her home. Everything seems to relax. And then you have something else crazy that happens, right? I don't have enough time to tell you all the sequence of trials that happen, but chances are you're in one right now. And if you're not in one right now, you're going to be in one tomorrow. You know, so have a great 24 hours. <laughs> so enjoy your day because tomorrow, you know, so, so what, that's life. Life can be like that. But life is actually even worse than America Ninja Warriors. Have you seen the show, American Gladiators? It's a show from the 80s, 90s. And um, it's essentially American Ninja Warriors, but you have these Titans in spandex <laughs> shooting tennis balls at you while you're doing what you're doing. And we have a clip of this. Like literally this guy here. Zimbabwe. what a great name. He looks like he's from the 90s, doesn't he? Yeah, now there's Gemini, Manning, a gun, and a mic. appears to me that the gladiators really enjoy shooting up gun. They want to get those contenders. I thought this is the one event where there's no physical contact between the gladiators and contenders, so Gemini can just stand up there and fire away. Oh, man. The really off. Let's see if So this is American gladiators. Anyone watch this show before? Okay, so that, that's good, that's good, that's good. So, so American Gladiators, is you're doing the same thing as American Ninja Warriors, but you got a guy in spandex shooting at you the whole time. <laughs> life is not just an obstacle course. You have people in this life who legit think it's fun or entertaining or awesome to have an opinion about how well you're doing in life. And they hurl all kinds of statements at you, all kinds of insults at you. They talk bad about you. They trash talk you. You're trying to do a good job. You're slipping up here and there. And there are literally people who are like, look at, did you see what she did? Did you see this? Did you see that? They're like shooting at you as you're trying to do the obstacle course. It's not just a simple obstacle course. It's an obstacle course that has Gemini shooting tennis balls at you. And sometimes Gemini looks like my mom. (laughs) Sometimes Gemini looks like a friend who used to be a friend who now all of a sudden is an enemy. Sometimes Gemini is a boss who's just constantly tearing into you all the time. Come on, anyone in here, not only do you have trials, but you have a Gemini in your life who's constantly shooting at you. Okay, Uh, David in scripture, had this all the time. Uh, Psalm 143 says this, it says, for the enemy has pursued my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me sit in darkness like those long dead. Therefore, my spirit faints within me. My heart within me is appalled. This is a worship song that David wrote. It's a worship song. It's a song that we don't sing here at Calvary, right? It, would, it wouldn't sing well on stage on a Sunday morning. The enemies are coming after me, right? Uh, but the, the reality is that your heart might be singing that song this morning. Even though we didn't sing it on stage, you might have people in your life who your heart right now is crying out to God. God, it feels like everyone's out to get me. Because like everyone's coming after me. Come on, anyone in here, that's you today. Just talk to me. You guys are, you, Miami is um, a lot louder than Richmond, and I like it. I like it, I like it, I like it. So it's not just American Ninja Warriors, it's American Gladiators. But it's not just American Gladiators, it's even worse than that. It's, um, have you guys seen this show? It's a Japanese show called Takeshi's Castle. <laughs> Anybody see this? This show is so good. What happens in this show is they dress you up like an idiot, and then they make you run the obstacle course while people are throwing things and shooting things at you. And on top of that, if you open the wrong door, there's like a big sumo guy who will literally just like punch you in the face. It's such a good show. So if you open the wrong door, it's like, here he is. He's going to punch you in the face. He's going he's gonna to greet you, you know, with, with his big giant body. He's going to tackle you, right? If you open the wrong door. Or, or they're running on stones. And if you step on the wrong stone, you go tumbling into the water. It's not just an obstacle course. It's not just an obstacle course with enemies. It's an obstacle course with enemies. And if you open the wrong door, you, there's something waiting there for you to get you. The scripture tells us, uh, in Genesis, it says, if you do well, awesome. He says, if you, if, if you do not do well, sin is waiting at the door. Listen to, l- listen to this. If you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. In other words, not only are you facing trials, not only are you facing enemies, but you're also facing sin that is crouching at the door, waiting for you to open the wrong door. Has this encouraged you? <laughs> Do you feel like, oh, thank you, Kyle. Thank you. I feel, I feel really encouraged. The reality is this is just how life is so many times. Yeah. Yeah. And to make matters even crazier, Hebrews tells us that the day is drawing near. What does it mean, the day is drawing near? Scripture talks about the day. And what does it mean by that? It means the judgment day where ultimately game over, show done, obstacle course ended. And we're not just running through a trial, but we're running through life in a way where life has an end date. In other words, there's a timer running and the time is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. It's not like you get to run the obstacle course for as long as it takes. There's there's, the finish line is running at you just like you're running at the finish line. The day is approaching like the, the, the finished clock is coming your way. And so, you know, in, in school, I, um, you, do you guys do the thing where you do the physical fitness test and you run the mile in school and they time you? Of course you do, right? Everyone does this. And, and I know your school was probably like my school. You had the really fit people who were running super fast and then you had the walkers, right? And they walked from the second they said, go, that person was walking. And in my school, what they said to them was, we're going to be here for however long it takes you. And so we had some kids that ran six-minute mile. Wow, crazy. We had other kids who walked. And 20 minutes later, the teacher is still standing there waiting for them to finish. The reality is, though, that in this life, you don't have unlimited time. The day is approaching. The judgment is approaching. The finish line is approaching. You don't have unlimited time. So, so oh man, this is, this is getting really scary. Why, why should I even have any joy or hope in this life? Why should I even have, why should I even, it, doesn't this all seem just so like convoluted? Doesn't it seem so twisted? But I got to tell you that there is reason to run the race well. Yeah. Yeah. And that is because there is a prize to be won. Philippians 3 tells us about this prize. Philippians 3.13 tells us this. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, uh, that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There is a prize to be won. If If you run this obstacle course well, there is a prize to be won. And that prize is Jesus. That prize is Jesus. The thing that makes this life worth living is Jesus. The thing. Bacal, what about my family? Listen, family's amazing. I love my family. I, I love my family so much. At the end of the day, though, my family will fail me at some point. Oh, but Kyle, what about career? What about, you know, pursuing uh, growth? And uh, hey, listen, all that stuff's great, but if you grab onto it and you make that your prize, it's not gonna work. Jesus is the only prize worth running the race for. And so if there's an obstacle course, there's enemies, there's sin, but there is a prize on the other side. And and I I wanna tell you something that... um, that really excited me is when I was reading Hebrews chapter 10, I found a cheat code. Everybody likes a cheat code, right? Everyone likes a coupon code. Everyone likes a cheat code. Did you know that American Ninja Warriors has a cheat code? Did you know that American Gladiators has a cheat code? Did you know that Takeshi's Castle has a cheat code? Kyle, I thought cheat codes were only for video games. Nope, listen to this. There's a cheat code for your life that scripture wants to give us today. And if we follow this cheat code, not only will it help us to succeed at this crazy obstacle course that we find ourselves in, but we will win the prize of Jesus if we follow this cheat code. It's awesome. Thanks for clapping. What's your name? Awesome. You guys are awesome. Okay, great. Um, we're going to follow a cheat code. I'm going to read this cheat code to you. Okay. This cheat code is Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. But here's the thing about the cheat code. Okay. Uh, In the original language, Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 is one giant sentence. It's not split up into separate sentences. There's no punctuation. It's one giant sentence. So we're going to read it like it's in separate sentences today. But I want you to just think in the original language, This entire thing has no period, no comma. It's all one big, giant sentence. All the grammar teachers in here are like, that's wrong. You can't do that. But it's in Scripture, so it's right, okay? (laughs) I'm going to read this to you. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, um, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This entire passage of scripture is one giant sentence. Why is it one giant sentence? Because when you see a period, it's easy to finish the thought and take that thought away and say, oh, this is the key here. But with this cheat code, if you only do half of it, it doesn't work. You need the entire cheat code. You need the entire cheat you need the entire hack and the, and the cheat begins not with your work and not with my work but with Jesus's work so this cheat code begins with the work of Jesus and what God is doing in the heavenly places what God is doing in heaven what God is doing in in the spirit realm but then it moves to you and me and our daily life and what you and I are supposed to be doing here on earth both of them have to happen at the same time. In other words, you and me have no hope if Jesus isn't putting in his part of the cheat code. You and me have no hope if Jesus doesn't do what Jesus does. You and I, our grip is not strong enough. Our hope is not you know, strong enough. Our faith isn't strong enough. If Jesus doesn't do his job, you and I can't do our job. So the cheat code begins with, we have a high priest who has washed us clean, who has cleaned our conscience, who has restored us, who's interceding for us. That's kind of, you know, when you used to put in those old cheat codes on video games, up, up, down, down, right, right, you know, left, right, AA, BB, you had to push all these buttons. Jesus put in the first half of all of it. He put in the first half of all of it. And then he slides the controller over to you and to me he's like, now here's the part I need you to do. Okay, so now I'm gonna tell you the part that God needs us to do. All right, this is so important. This is how you're gonna become an American Ninja Warrior. This is how you're gonna thrive in life. This is how you're gonna make it to the finish line of Jesus Christ. This is how you're gonna succeed. This is how you're gonna thrive is the rest of this cheat code. And it's this, Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Just leave it right there. Just leave it right there on that, on that slide. Just leave this up. This is the cheat code. I'm gonna break it down for you, write, write all these down. I'm gonna break it down for you. The first part that you and I have to do is hold fast to the confession of our hope. Hold fast to the confession of our hope. What, is, what does this mean? Hold fast. Hold fast is get a grip on the confession. Grab hold of the confession and hold on to it for dear life. He says, without wavering. Without wavering, literally in the original language, there means without flinching. It's like if you were playing chicken with somebody you're like, I am not flinching. I'm not gonna flinch. You know, in your life, you have all these obstacles, you have all these things running at you, and it's like, I'm holding on to the confession, and I'm not going to flinch. Hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. What is the confession of our hope? You know, we live in a world today that's all about my truth, my truth. All you have to do is scroll Instagram for like five seconds and you'll see my truth, 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 my truth. And we kind of like have adopted this view of truth as if truth isn't really objectively true for everybody. Truth is just whatever you find useful or whatever I find useful. So, hey, it's cool that Christianity works for you, but that's not my truth, that's your truth. So you gotta leave me alone about Jesus because that's not, that's your truth, that's not my truth. We kind of view God in this way that's like, you have a personal kind of uh, view of God and I have a personal view of God. And hey, it doesn't matter as long as it works for you. But truth isn't about just what's useful. Truth is true. If it's true for you, it's true for me, right? If it's true for you, it's true for me. It's true for everybody. It's not my truth, it's the truth. So hold fast to the confession. Um, You know, when we pray the Lord's prayer, we say our father in heaven. We don't say my father in heaven, we say our father in heaven. Come on, just talk to me if you have a sibling. If you have a brother or a sister, tell me, just say yes, okay, okay, okay. If you have a sibling, um, have you ever been talking to your sibling before and accidentally said to your sibling, my dad said, my mom said, and have you ever said it to your sibling? And as soon as it comes out of your mouth, you feel, first of all, absolutely ridiculous. You're like, why did I just say that? And, and you go through all the emotions. At first, you feel like you feel like you betrayed your sibling. You know what I mean? Like I just robbed you of a of a dad. My dad. My sister's looking at me. She's like, that's our dad, fool. Like, what are you what are you talking about? My dad. Um. It, it, you know, it, it, we say our father. We don't say my father. We say our father. Why? because there is one God, one Father, one truth, one confession. There is one Holy Spirit. He gives many gifts, but they all come from the one Holy Spirit. So so when, when it says we have to hold fast to the confession, I would challenge you today, let go of my truth, and grab hold of the truth, the confession, the Holy Spirit, the Father, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You know, I I have a personal relationship with God, but I don't have a private God. I don't have a personal God, I have a personal relationship with God. You have a relationship with the same God that I have a relationship with. When we worship in Richmond, Virginia on Sunday mornings, And you guys worship in Miami? We're worshiping the same Father. The same Father, the same truth, the same King of Kings, the same. That is what we grab hold of. We don't grab hold of our imagination of what God is like or our, we grab hold of the confession. You know, the early church died for that confession. They went to their death for that confession. Polycarp famously was was martyred and when they brought him out, they said renounce, essentially stop confessing Jesus. Stop confessing. Don't hold to that confession anymore. And they, they asked him, will you give up the confession? And he said, you are trying to threaten me with a fire that lasts for only a few moments, but you forget about the fire that lasts for eternity. He says, I will never give up the confession of Jesus Christ. So, so how are we gonna make it? We're gonna hold fast to the, the confession. Well, Kyle, I don't really know all about Christianity or I don't know, you know, what, you know what's awesome? Your pastor is gonna shepherd you. He's gonna teach you. He's gonna, he's gonna mature you in the faith. But that, that truth that you do have, the stuff that you do know about God, hold on to it for dear life. Hold on to it, practice it. Put it into practice. You know, we, a lot of times we make fun of denominational churches that, that say the Lord's Prayer regularly, whatever. No, praise God that they're practicing the confession. Practice the confession. All right, here's part two of this cheat code, okay? He says this, he says, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. We're gonna hold fast to the confession. We're going to stir one another up to love and good works. In the original language, stir one another up means, it literally is the word agitate one another to love and good works. It's a negative word used in a positive way. In other words, annoy me to do good things. You know, I I married a woman who is not a pest at all. She does not pester me, she does not nag me, right? This verse, though, is saying, nag. Nag one another, annoy one another, to love and good works. In other words, he's using a negative word that is like agitate, like like constantly stir it up, make make a make a scene of it. But then he uses it in a positive way, to love and good works. You know what you need when you're going through something? You don't need someone just to tell you don't quit. You need to tell you need someone to tell you like do good. Love. You don't don't just need someone to say, don't give up. You need someone to say, keep serving God, keep worshiping, keep praising, keep loving. When you're tired and you're worn out and you're weak and you're like, I don't know if I can make it. You don't need somebody to just be like, you're gonna make it, you're gonna be okay. You need someone to be like, keep kicking the devil's face. Keep serving, keep loving, keep doing good. We need people to agitate us to love and good works. I know that Calvary is the kind of church that when you see someone limping, you're not just gonna ignore them and leave them alone. You're gonna stir them up. Not just to barely make it, but to thrive. Keep going, keep pressing, keep serving, keep worshiping, keep lifting your hands. I'm tired. Yes, lift your hands. Now is when you need it more than ever. <laughs> you know what blows my mind is when people are really going through something horrendous and horrific. When, when you see those same people lifting their hands in the middle of their struggle, there is a boldness. We had a, we, there was someone on our staff who they had their first child and their first child was born with this extremely rare condition where the, their skull did not form. And so they weren't, the, the child was in no way gonna live. There's absolutely no way that this child was gonna live, but they had the baby. The doctor was telling them to abort it and they said, absolutely not, we're gonna have this child. They had the child and they said, this baby's gonna live a couple of minutes, maybe a couple hours. And they knew that this child was going to die. They knew it for sure but they said, we're gonna praise God in the middle of what we're going through. We're gonna thank God for every moment we do get with this child. We're gonna worship, we're gonna lift our hands, we're gonna praise, we're gonna... And I didn't just see them barely make it through. The worst season ever of their life, this guy was lifting his hands higher than ever before. The worst season of their life, they were serving and volunteering and giving more than ever. Why? Because the way that you're gonna succeed is not just by barely making it, but agitating each other to love in good works. To love in good works. Here's the last part, the last part of the cheat code, the last part of the cheat code. He says this, he says, "'Don't neglect to meet together as is the habit of some, but encourage one another." Don't neglect the meeting. Another translation says, do not neglect the gathering together. You know, there's two ways to neglect something. One is to just not attend. I'm just not gonna come to church. Another way is to not give it the proper reverence that it deserves. You know, child neglect is when you don't give your children the proper attention and focus that they deserve. And when he says, do not neglect the gathering, he isn't just saying show up. He's saying that every time you come together, treat this gathering as holy, Treat this gathering as anointed. Treat this gathering as God is here. Treat this gathering as like there's something special about what's happening here at Calvary today. I'm not just attending church and then going to my favorite restaurant and then going about my day. God is doing something here. I'm not just going to show up. Don't neglect is I'm not just I'm not just going to I'm not just going to show up. It means I'm going to give it the weight and the reverence that it deserves. Don't neglect it. Don't neglect it. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, he says, when you guys are getting together and having your services, when you meet, it's not for the better, it's for the worse. Can you imagine a church where it's like, dude, it, would, it honestly would be better if you guys would stop meeting. Because every time you get together, it's really bad. Every time you get together, why? Because it's not just about being here. Okay that's that's half of the struggle okay uh, in fact I'm going to say this right now if you're if you're watching online um, if you live in another city or state god bless you welcome to Cal- Calvary everyone loves you you're awesome if you are in the city if you're here and you just are like I just like church in my pj's you're missing out you're missing out you're missing out, you're missing out. You know, a lot of us got real comfortable with COVID, just kind of doing church in our PJs, whatever. No, you're missing out. Uh, We were just in Orlando, and when we drive past Disney World, you know, you could could stand outside of Disney and just look at Disney. It's another thing altogether to get in Disney, right? And the magic, (laughs) the magic of Disney is inside of Disney, it's not outside. And when you're watching online, you're watching people experience God in the power and presence of God and God can move through that screen absolutely but there's something about the gathering there's something about the gathering so don't neglect the gathering and when you gather like Paul said when you guys are gathering it's for the worse it's not for the better why he says because some of you are showing up and they're taking they were taking communion some of them were just going ahead and eating until before everyone had arrived. Some of them were just, he said that there was factions among them as if the rich and the poor were kind of, you know, they were kind of like, oh, these are the rich people and these are the poor people, right? Or in our country, you could, you could divide it along racial lines. Oh, these are the white people and these are the black people, or these are the brown people, or these, you know, you could, you could draw lines. And he's saying, I see factions among you. And I see when you're gathering together, you're not you're not actually waiting for each other. In other words, another way to neglect the gathering is for us to just kind of come in and just be like, I'm gonna get me my Jesus today, and then I'm gonna leave. You know, I'm gonna get my communion today, and then I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna get my coffee. I'm gonna sit in my seat. This is my seat. You got a new person who just walked in the door and you're like, you are sitting in my seat. There's factions among you. Oh, these are the, you know, these are the these people and those are the those people. If we're going to give this gathering the proper reverence that it deserves, the, prop, the proper honor that it deserves, this church is going to be a place that's full of welcoming spirit. We're going to, we're going to wait for people. We're not, we're not just gonna like, I'm gonna get me my Jesus and go. We're gonna wait, we're gonna make sure everyone's here. We're gonna make sure everyone's present. We're gonna make sure everyone's with us. Hey, I see somebody falling behind. Come on, we're gonna come up alongside them. We're gonna walk with them. So this is the cheat code. Hold fast to the confession. Hold fast, stir one another up to love and good works and don't neglect the gathering together of the believers. That's the cheat code. Does that sound hard? (laughs) It's actually not hard. You can actually succeed. You can actually win. I know right now your struggle feels like there's no way I could make it. I promise you, if you hold fast to the confession, if you hold fast without wavering, if you show up, if you egg each other on, man, this church is gonna be an America Ninja Warrior Church. You're gonna succeed. You're gonna thrive. You're gonna win. Man, I, I, I can already feel this church is a church that the gates of hell will not stand against. I want you to, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I, in this room right now, there's people who are really struggling You're really going through something. You're really going through a really tough situation. And I wanna encourage you here today, hold fast to Jesus. I wanna encourage you here today, don't just barely get by, serve, love. Speak, Speak life into somebody today. When you feel worn out and I can't make it anymore, do some love and good deeds. And don't neglect the gathering. God, I pray right now for this church. I pray that you would help this church to thrive in Jesus' name. That this church wouldn't be a place of just barely getting by, but it would be a church of stirring one another up to love and good works. That it would be a church that the gathering is such a holy thing. It's not just about being here, but it's about giving it the proper reverence and honor that it deserves. God, I pray that Calvary Church, God, I'm gonna say prophetically, this is the smallest that Calvary Church will ever be. This is, this is, this is the weakest that Calvary Church will ever be. This is the, this is the, um, the, 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 uh, God, I I even see resources. I, I just see, in terms of resources, right now, God, at this point, right here today, in all the strength that Calvary already has, God, this is the weakest moment. This is the smallest moment. It's only up from here. The church is only gonna get bigger from here. The church is only gonna get more powerful from here. The church is only gonna get more blessed from here. The church is gonna thrive. It's gonna succeed. God, I, I, I declare right now over this church blessing and favor and honor. And God, I thank you for power through the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, come on, everybody
0: said, amen we give Pastor Kyle a big round of applause. Amen. Come on, we stand up to our feet. We're going to close up in just a moment. And uh, I don't know about you, but I am blessed by that message. Uh, Really, the hope and prayers that we wouldn't just come in here and just hear a talk for a few minutes, but instead we would apply this throughout our week so that when Monday comes, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that we would remember that we are to hold fast, that we need to stir one another up and that we don't neglect the meeting. So uh, I don't know about you, but that was just such a blessing. But uh, what I wanna do before we wrap up right now is I wanna give somebody here an opportunity. If we can all just close our eyes and bow our heads. See, um, everything that we do as a church all goes back to Jesus. See that cheat code that we, just, that we just heard about. Yeah, the second half is on us, but that first half is all on the work that Jesus already did for you and for me see the bible tells us that god is holy he is good and he is perfect and the bible also tells us that every human being that has ever lived is a sinner that means we all fall short of god's standard you've sinned i've sinned we all have there's not a single perfect person here today but because god is so holy sin separates us from him and knowing that there was never a way that we can earn our way to him, God sent Jesus. He, he stepped down from heaven, he lived a blameless life, he lived here for 33 years, and he fulfilled the standard that you and I couldn't meet. And the Bible tells us that the price for sin is death. And to have freedom, blood needs to be shed. But so that we didn't have to pay the bill ourselves, Jesus gave himself up on that cross see the bible tells us that he was spat on he was humiliated he was stabbed bruised beaten they put nails in his hand and and in his feet and they put a crown of thorns on his head and he was tortured but he did it with you and me in mind that simply all we had to have to do is that confession we hold on to that confession is declaring with our mouth and believing in our heart that he is he is God, that He is our Lord and Savior and that He rose three days later so that the day of tomorrow if we were to die that we would spend eternity with Him. And if that's that's you here today and maybe you you could say you don't have a relationship with God, you, you don't feel confident where you would be the day of tomorrow if you were to die. Friend, I want to give you an opportunity to make that decision right now that to, to make that confession that you can hold on to knowing that Jesus died for you and if that's you here today and you want to make that decision on the count of three what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to put your hand up you can put it right back down I don't, I'm not going to embarrass you I'm not going to do anything like that I just want to acknowledge who I'm going to pray for so with eyes still closed and heads still bowed nobody looking around nobody moving around right now this is a holy moment on the count of three you can put your hand up one God loves you two your life will never be the same again and three if that's you you can put your hand up you can put it right back down God bless you I see you God bless you God bless you I see you over there God bless you. God bless you, I see you in the back, amen. Hey, and if you made that decision here today, what I wanna do is I wanna lead you in a prayer. It's not a prayer to a pastor or to a church, it's a prayer to God and it's a repeat after me prayer. We just wanna make this conversation between you and God as easy as possible. And because we're a family here at Calvary, we're gonna get alongside of you and say it all together, one church, one family, one heart. So repeat after me, dear Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner, and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. From today on, I am saved, I am forgiven, and I am healed, and I will follow you all the days of my life. Jesus, I love you and I thank you. And it's in Jesus' name and all of Calvary said, amen. Come on church, can we put our hands together for everybody making that decision here today? God bless you. It's truly the best decision you can ever make and I can't promise life will be perfect, but I can't promise you have the perfect one with you. And if you made that decision, we actually have a free gift for you. Thank you so much, John. We want to give you a free Bible, free 99, no strings attached. As soon as you walk out of the building, you're going to see a tent with amazing Dream Team members just waving these around. Do not leave out of here without this free Bible. Because of the generosity of this church, we've been able to give out thousands of Bibles every year. So make sure that you get this in your hands It's to learn about God's promises and, and what he believes for you and what he has in store for your life so make sure you get this and if you're watching online text the word decided at 33222 and we will love to send you a free bible in the mail but church can we give a round of applause one more time for everybody who made that decision hey what an amazing amazing day so far and uh let's always remember hold fast stir one another up and make sure we don't neglect meeting but church can we give honor one more time to pastor kyle i love you man you're amazing uh truly the church the church not just copy but the church of jesus is blessed because of you man so thank you so much and and church here here's what we're gonna do we leave out of here worshiping one more time uh but before we do let me pray for your week and then we'll enjoy the rest of our sunday so jesus we thank you once again lord we thank you for your goodness and your grace, God. I pray, God, that, Jesus, we would never forget to, to keep you in the center of our lives, Jesus. We wouldn't look to the left or the right, but we would always look on to you. Lord, I pray that you keep us safe everywhere that we go, Jesus. And that as we go about our week again, Lord, that we would remember that we hold on to the confession of our belief in you, Jesus. We would stir one another up in community, God, and we would never neglect meeting together. So, Jesus, we love you, and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen.